in all honesty, I think my biggest piece of advice and the, and, and something that I personally struggle with is to just focus on your own journey and your own experience and don't compare your experience uh, or your journey as an entrepreneur to others on the internet. <laughs> because that is just like comparison is the absolute thief of joy. I really believe that when we get caught up in social media and looking at what other people are doing, we fail to notice the amazing things that we're doing on our own and we fail to stop and smell the roses. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. What is the best way to be listening to Made It Happen podcast? Maybe with a glass of rosé, chardonnay. Either way, I want to talk about the official wine of Made It Happen podcast, Paglioni Estate Winery. Paglioni Estate Winery celebrates the simple life in Canada's southernmost wine region with food, wine, and Italian charm. They pay homage to the winemaking traditions of the old world, enhanced by the unique terrier of southern Ontario. Made as they were generations before, their high-quality small-batch wines are crafted with minimal intervention using only the best locally grown grapes. Simple yet delicious wines, Nona-approved recipes, wood-fire pizza, and handmade gelato. You can check them out at paglioniestatewinery.com where you can shop their wide variety of wines, my personal favorite, the 2018 Cabernet Marlot, but they have a wide selection of amazing wines to choose from, as well as gift cards and other amazing items. Be sure to go check them out at paglioniestatewinery.com. Thank you so much for joining me here today, and I'm so excited to hear about your multiple businesses. And do we want to just start off with maybe having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your businesses? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, my name is Lindsay Kent, and I am a creative entrepreneur. Um, I am living in the city of Toronto, Canada, and I have two lovely boys. They are two years old and five years old, Lewis and Archie. Um, and I have been in business for myself now for over a decade. I started my first business in 2009, um, but I've been working in the events industry for, I don't know, like basically 20 years. Um, and I, all of my businesses are in the event industry. The first business I run is called Love by Lindsay Events and Design. And we do weddings and corporate events and consumer events um, for bold, colorful, out-of-the-box clients. Um, we hand make a ton of our decor, and that's really our calling card, our unique and creative installations. Um, and then the other business I run is called the Pop-Up Chapel Co. And we're a shared wedding concept where we marry 10 couples in one day, one couple on the hour, every hour for 10 hours straight. And uh, we are a sustainable and inclusive and socially conscious option for couples who want to have a beautiful wedding, but 
you want something a bit more than eloping to city hall, but not so much as, you know, a hundred thousand dollar experience. Um, and, um, yeah, those are the two businesses that I'm focusing on now. In the past, I have run other businesses, um, but that's my current, those are my current creative projects. Wow, that's, it's amazing. And I'm very excited to, you know, hear more about where the, where these ideas came from, um, you know, especially with the pop-up chapel and, you know, how these businesses got started. Sure. Um, so Love by Lindsay really started only in weddings, right? So I, I started um, as a singer and a performer, and that's how I got into the event industry. Uh, my parents had a live band, and when I was a teenager, I started singing lead for them, and they played at a lot of weddings and corporate events and resorts. And so that was my first foray into the event industry. Um, and it was the first time I really got to see what events were like and what they meant. And um, from there, I sang in many, many bands. I pursued a music career for a long time, but always as my, you know, as a, like in my early 20s on the side, I was always just working in events as my part-time job while I pursued original music. And through that, I was able to move into event, um, sorry, I should say entertainment coordination and stage management. And then that organically shifted into event coordination and event management. And then in 2011, I was planning my own wedding and I realized that a lot of these skills that I had um, amassed through corporate events and entertainment were really transferable to the wedding industry. And I was looking for a creative outlet. I was ready to move on from original music and I was looking for an, another creative outlet and a way to make a living. And weddings really were... Um, a good mix of all of my skills in one. And so I slowly moved into the wedding world. And so Love by Lindsay really began as an answer to a need to marry both my creative brain and my really organized logistical brain. And um, I've since grown that company to what it is today. And I have a number of amazing designers and planners on my staff. And we don't just do weddings anymore. We do corporate events and also consumer-based events. And um, a lot of really cool design and installations. And, um, and the Pop-Up Chapel Co., that is like my baby right now, um, aside from my real baby. Um, <laughs> and basically the Pop-Up Chapel Co., for me, came as an answer to my frustration with the wedding industry. I mean, the wedding industry, um, I've worked in it for a long time, and there are things that I see in this industry that as a, a conscious consumer in today's world frustrate me. It's very wasteful. Um, there's a lot of opulence when it comes to the wedding industry. There's a lot of societal pressure on people to have a certain wedding, a certain type of way. There's a lot of familial pressure to do that. And so I wanted to create an option for couples who are looking for an affordable way to get married, but still a really stylish and well-designed way to get married. Um, and I also selfishly wanted an option that would give me and my team a lot of creative freedom because when you're working on weddings with clients, you are designing for them. You're designing based on their story and their styles and their aesthetic. And what we as a team really wanted was an answer to create weddings that were really like 
outside of the box and show people the design possibilities. And so those were the driving factors behind starting the Pop-Up Chapel Co. Um, and then, you know, an answer to sustainability and inclusivity and also a way for us to give back to our local communities. For me, that became the real heart of why we were doing the Pop-Up Chapel. And I figured that out really early on. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I love the messaging behind that and, you know, what the driving force of those businesses were. And I think that, you know, it's also so unique. Um, and, you know, you said that you had gotten into event planning uh, through music. Um, and was there something specific that really attracted you to the industry? I know you said you really wanted that creative outlet, but, um, you know, what would it be about event planning that you love most? I think for me, it's just the idea of being, of orchestrating experiences where people have a great time. And that's like very, a simplistic answer, but it is really true. Growing up in a family of musicians, um, what, like I was constantly surrounded by parties and events and you know, even, even when my parents were away a lot on weekends because they had gigs, I threw parties like as a teenager, it's kind of a, you know, jerk teenager, but like that was always really central to my life. This, this need to sort of orchestrate moments where people were just having a good time. The person who was bringing people together. And so that is what I love most about events and of any kind, like whether it's a wedding, whether it's a chapel, whether it's a corporate event, you know, whether it's just a unique pop-up experience. Like for me, it's about using my creativity to create experiences for people where they just have a really good time. Um, I think that's always been the driving factor for me. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And, you know, you you talked about too, that that's really the driving factor. And, you know, it's really about bringing people together and, you know, having that successful event. And is there something particular that you think is the key to planning those successful events? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, I didn't know this at the beginning, but I've certainly learned this over my career. And it's a hundred percent to focus on the guest experience from the moment that they walk in the door to the moment that they leave. I think it's so important to first consider your guest flow and to make people feel excited and considered the entire time that they're at your event. So whether that's something as simple as notifying people in advance of the parking situation or as elaborate as having like a super fancy cocktail for them the moment that they arrive or um, as simple as making sure there's enough toilets per like person at the venue like not you know what I'm saying like enough amenities for people to use while they're in your venue like how often that gets overlooked is insane um but it's really what I'm trying to say here is that it really just comes down to fully considering that people will want for nothing at your event and people will feel considered and people will move through your event with ease um and there's a real art to that. And I also think that that is a constant learning process, especially as the world evolves, especially as the world evolves through COVID. Um, 
that you can always go back to the drawing board and say what worked, what didn't, what would you do differently next time in order to improve the experience for your guests. And what I think a lot of planners event planners forget is that when you have those conversations, when you go back to the drawing board and you say what worked and what didn't, you're not only improving the experience for guests, but you're also improving the experience for yourself. So every time you say, hey, this didn't work, I had people coming up to me the whole night going, I can't find this, or I can't find that, or I need this, or I need that. That's a pain in the ass for you. So if you can improve their guest experience, then you'll have less people asking you questions. You'll have less fires to put out. And then I think that's where the success of a good event starts. Yes, absolutely. I definitely agree. And, you know, like you said, I think it's, it is thinking about sort of those little details that maybe people might not notice, but they can really make a difference to the full experience. So I think Mm -hmm. that that's definitely, you know, a really key part to event planning. And you also touched upon there too, that, you know, with COVID, all the, every business has had to pivot in some way. Um, and, you know, especially in the event planning industry, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, how this has affected your business? And I know that you, you've had a couple different pivots and new um, experiences that you're bringing um, due to this. Do you want to just talk a little bit about those? Yeah. I mean, well, first how COVID affected our business. I mean, basically everything I do for a living was illegal for a little while. And now that we're in lockdown again, it's pretty much illegal again. Like we can't do weddings uh, of a large scale. We can't do events of a large scale. I can't sing or perform with my band. Like there's a lot of things that can't be done. So on one hand, we have definitely experienced at least a 50% revenue decline this year. Um, And I think that is across the board for most people in my industry. And we are not thriving, but we certainly have found ways to survive through this. One thing that I'm very grateful for is um, we already had a decently COVID-friendly wedding option with the Pop-Up Chapel Co. So at the beginning of the um, pandemic, while a lot of my peers were scrambling to find an offering that they could share with their clients. Um, We already had one. We were saying, hey, move your wedding to the pop-up chapel or, uh, you know, we were able to continue making sales with the pop-up chapel co because we had dates and we were very hopeful that in a couple weeks, we would be able to move forward with chapels. So first of all, I'm like super grateful to the universe for, for, you know, giving us that grace and, and uh, us already having that in place because truly the Pop-Up Chapel Co. has helped my company, all my companies survive and stay afloat this year. And without it, I don't know what I would have done. Um, but then we also sat back and thought to ourselves, like, this is a really shitty time for everybody, but it's also a really great opportunity to look at all of the things that we've wanted to do for a really long time and try anything. Because if there's ever a time to like throw something against the wall and see if it sticks, it's now. And one of the things that we wanted to do was start a podcast. So we did, we started a podcast, which we launched on October 6th. It's called the Love by Lindsay podcast. And that's been going really well. Um, but that's more for fun, right? Like on it, from my opinion, like right now that's not really driving that many sales and it's not really driving that much revenue our way. It's more 
solidifying us again as an expert in our field and allowing me to have conversations with people I admire. The other thing that we did this year was we um, started offering a really succinct micro wedding service where it's basically a fixed package. So this is, again, something that um, a team member of mine, Jess, and I had talked about a lot. And we we're like, I think this is going to be a thing. We should really put some effort behind this because a lot of people are asking for it. Um, before COVID and then all of a sudden COVID hits and it gave us the kick in the ass to finally put that package together and start offering that to people um, as again something that serves couples that are living in that white space between a city hall wedding and a full-blown hundreds of thousands of dollars wedding so that's another thing that we did um, and then the third thing I'll tell you about is our shop. Uh, we just launched our we just launched shop LBL um, on November 27th, which was hilariously Black Friday, and we didn't even realize we were launching on Black Friday, and we didn't launch with a deal, so that was silly. But you know that's life. Um, I don't really care about Black Friday, so that's all my own fault for not even realizing, but we did launch the shop. And so far it has gone extremely well. We've sold out of a number of products. Um, we've had an overwhelming response for some of our sold out products and now we're making them to order. And I think that if anything, you know, we've created some revenue in a month that we're not going to have much. And we've also learned a ton about what it means to operate an online shop and how we can take this additional um, revenue stream with us forward into the future. You touched on a lot of great points there and, you know, just really about looking at what you're doing and seeing how can you work with the situation and what can you sort of do to have that extra stream in the future to continue on. Um, and so I'm curious too, starting off, I guess, with the shop, you know, about some of the products you're offering and how you sort of decided that, you know, what do you want to bring into this and um, just anything sort of around that? Sure. Um, well, for me, some of my biggest like values uh, around the pop-up chapel and around the decor that we create at Love by Lindsay is that I love handmade. I love when things are a bit quirky. I love um, upcycling items. And I'm, I'm definitely really a lover of Mother Earth. And so anything that I can do that is recycling items into something newer and beautiful, making something old new again, that's super exciting to me. I predominantly wear vintage clothing. Um, and so just thinking about all of those things, I was like, how can I take these values and how can I take these personal interests and put them into the shop? So everything in our shop is either handmade or created from an upcycled or thrifted material or vintage. We have an entire section of our shop that's vintage home decor. We have a little bit of vintage clothing. Um, we have some beautiful hand poured candles that are all in vintage vessels that I personally sourced. Um, we have these gorgeous resin handmade earrings in collaboration with Sunday brunch. It's just, it's really unique, fun, funky stuff. And I think that, that to me ties back to the work that we've done on our brand at love by Lindsay. We have a, a strong brand. It's colorful um, everything we do, we ask, does this tie back to our brand? And before we launched the shop, we sat down and I did a huge brainstorm and we said, you know, 
if we do products, what are some things that they need to embody? Well, they need to be colorful. They need to be vibrant, energetic. They need to speak to our productive and go-getter nature. They need to have an air of handmade or sustainability to them. And every time we decided what are we going to do for the shop? Well, then we went back to this list of you know requirements in terms of our brand and made sure that the product spoke to that list so that everything that we do continues to solidify our brand and move forward. Yes, I I love that. And I love the concept behind it. And that you really, like you said, you looked at everything before going into it and making sure, you know, thinking does this align with the brand and, um, you know, really just overall have that full brand identity. And, you know, especially with the culture or just really fit into that identity. And so also too, you said, you know, another one of those pivots was also creating your own podcast and, you know, talking about people that really inspire you and influence you. And do you want to just tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I think like the hosting and speaking, that's always been something that I've done my whole life. Like growing up as a performer, um, I'm used to being in front of people. I'm used to talking in front of people. And um, a couple years ago, we host we hosted a, a couple television shows through Love Island. We um, one's called Post My Party, and the other is called Crazy Beautiful Weddings. And that was that's internationally aired. And um, so I was like, well, how do I take these skills that I've learned of speaking to people and um, being a host, and also selfishly learning myself more about the industry and more about creative entrepreneurship. And so I feel like a podcast is is like the obvious answer, right? And everybody at the time, like that I was considering doing a podcast was saying like podcasting is also one of the most excellent ways to drive revenue or increase brand trust. Um, because people will look to you as an expert and get to know you through your podcast. So I'm like, well, if it's an opportunity for me to learn, if it's an opportunity for me to use my skills as a host, and it's an opportunity to like create another piece of our sales funnel, like it's a no brainer. Um, and what I found through the podcast that's really cool is that I've got to interview a lot of people that I admire and just learn from them while I'm asking them questions, but also provide value to my community, right? So I've been sharing predominantly through Instagram, all of our podcast episodes, and I'm getting a lot of great feedback that people are appreciative of the episodes that they're learning from them too. Um, So for me, it just feels like another way to connect with people. Yes, absolutely. I think I think that's great. And, you know, like you said, it definitely helps connect with people and also have that sort of extra outlet of, you know, brand, brand awareness, as well as, you know, really giving that value to the listeners. So um, I love that whole concept as well. And, you know, then the other part for your pivot too is offering those packages. And you had said that, you know, you saw this as really being a trend in the future. And so it definitely, definitely has been now. And is there any other trends that you see coming into the event planning space or specifically for weddings or 2021 coming up? Honestly, there's just so much uncertainty around weddings right now. What I foresaw as trends before COVID I I even feel uncertain about whether or not I can answer those as trends after COVID, right? Like before COVID hit, I definitely saw a trend towards smaller weddings. Um, 
and I was certain that that was going to happen COVID or not. And then COVID hit and it was like the only option. But now what I think about the wedding industry is that it has been just turned upside down. So previous to COVID, there were really two options out there. One, go to city hall to have a super expensive wedding. It was like, there was no in between. And the people who were doing something in between were doing it very grassroots. Like there weren't really many professionals that could help you with that um, because it wasn't an offering that had been widely explored in the industry. But now I think what's happened is the wedding industry is following the lead of what's happening in a lot of other industries and niching down. And I think that there is going to be a service for every single type of wedding that you want to have. Like there isn't going to be this massive white space between eloping and having a huge expensive wedding anymore. I think that there are going to be umpteen options in between those two options. Um, Simply because of COVID, like it has forced wedding professionals to really think outside of the box and go, what could I bring to this space that's different? What could I offer? How could I simplify the planning process? How, you know, how could I bring my unique voice and design and skill set to the wedding industry? So what I think now is that the wedding planning process is not just going to be so black and white. I do really think it's going to be, uh, find whatever niche suits you and go with that. And for someone who always you know, preaches like you should get married however the hell you want and do whatever you want that makes you happy. To me, this is an amazing thing. This is an amazing result of COVID. Um, If if this is what happens to the wedding, if we really niche down the way I think we will. But other than that, like, I just don't even know. Like everything I just said could be completely wrong because once COVID's over, people could just be so friggin' tired of it all that they're all just like, let's have a 500 person wedding now that we can. And big weddings could come back in a really big way. I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's hard to know. It just, especially right now, everything's so sort of up in the air and not sure where it's going to go. But I definitely agree. And I think I, I could see that. I mean, it's already happening now. So I could see that definitely continuing on in the future as well. And then you talked about, you know, especially social media with Instagram and then, you know, the podcast has awareness. Do you want to talk about some of the other ways that you market your business? Absolutely. I mean, Social media is like one of the biggest ways that we market um, our business. We and, and the other piece for me has always been leaning into shameless self-promotion. So like, for example, I found your podcast on Instagram and I loved what you were talking about on your podcast. And I just reached out and I said, hey, you probably haven't heard of me before, but I'd love to be on your podcast. And I think that that has been something that has worked for me my entire life when it comes to my business. I've never been afraid to write a press release, even though I didn't really ever professionally work in PR and send it to a bunch of press contacts about something cool that we were doing or tag big blogs in my work at the off chance that it would be featured. Um, One thing that we do a lot at Love by Lindsay is we make sure that all of the work that we're really proud of, we submit it to press, we submit it to wedding blogs, we submit it to event blogs, because we want to ensure that that work is being published somewhere, which further legitimizes us in the industry. So 
being able to toot your own horn and shamelessly self-promote either you as an expert in your field or your business as a really long-standing successful business is one of the biggest ways that I've marketed myself over the past decade. And one of the ways that I think has really helped me actually become an expert in my field. That's a great way. And, you know, it reminds me too of, you know, one of someone had said before, you know, creating your own opportunities. And I think that that is a perfect example of, you know, really putting yourself out there and, you know, and just getting the brand out in any way you can. And, you know, that it definitely pays off and, you know, opportunities come from it and create that awareness. So I definitely think that that's a great way. And I, you know, I love that approach that you're taking with it. And you said there too, that you like to sort of send out those big success moments to the press and, you know, different events. And was there, is there sort of one big moment looking back um, on your journey as an entrepreneur that, you know, really just stands out to you that you'd like to share? Honestly, like, I feel that there, that there are consistent little moments of success. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs would feel this way, but it is a real roller coaster, right? Like you win some, you lose some, you have big wins and you have big losses. And um, aside from that, I personally struggle with anxiety. And so I'm often um, not able to always smell the roses because I second guess successes or I, you know, think about the what ifs around the failures. And so for me, I think it's just, I don't know, it's been a real, like entrepreneurship for me is a real up and down ride. And given the day of the week or the month, I could be up or I could be down. I think one of the really cool things that's happened lately or one of the things that sort of sticks out in my mind lately is that on the Love by Lindsay side, we, a couple years ago, we had written out our dream clients for a corporate event and we'd made a list of maybe 20 different dream clients and one of them was Sephora and this year in COVID, we were hired on by Sephora, um, by their PR team called The Colony Project, to help produce um, the event design behind their holiday preview for 2020. And we did that during COVID and during like a pretty severe lockdown. And we created, in my opinion, our best event design to date and made it a COVID-friendly experience, which was a really big one. On the pop-up chapel side of things, for me, it's just like literally I cry at every chapel. It it just has this energy to it that feels really special. And I think as I see our stats rise every time we, we do a chapel, that blows my mind. So far, we've married over 175 couples in our chapel. We have raised over $55,000 for local charities through our chapels. And we're now in five cities across Canada. So for me, like just every time I see those stats, I'm like, what? I can't believe this from like one chapel at the Drake Underground back in August of 2017 to now doing, you know, over 12 or 15 a year in multiple cities. Like that's wild to me. 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, congratulations, because that definitely is a huge milestone. And I love also that you do have that charity component to it, too, where you can, you know, really give back to the community. And, you know, you said, too, that a lot of entrepreneurs can definitely relate with sort of those ups and downs um, of the entrepreneur journey. And, you know, if there is someone who is maybe looking to start a business or get into entrepreneurship, would there be sort of one piece of advice that you would give them? I always make a joke when people ask me this question and say, don't name your company after yourself if you want to scale. Um, because like, I na- like, because with love by Lindsay, I think I was short, short sighted and naming it after myself because ultimately I'm a person who's geared towards growth and scaling the company. So now I have a team of seven and we have full-time planners on staff. And sometimes we run into the problem where people think because my name's on the company that I'm the person that they're going to work with. And, and we've had to really do some hard work around how we communicate, um, how we work as a team. And so as a joke, I always tell people starting off in the process, really think about that name, because if you don't want to always have to be the face of the business, you might not want to name it after yourself. But in all honesty, I think um, my biggest piece of advice and the, and, and something that I personally struggle with is to just focus on your own journey and your own experience and don't compare your experience uh, or your journey as an entrepreneur to others on the internet. (laughs) Because that is just like, comparison is the absolute thief of joy. Um, I forget who said that quote, but I really believe that. I really believe that when we get caught up in social media and looking at what other people are doing, we fail to notice the amazing things that we're doing on our own. And we fail to stop and smell the roses and we fail to give ourselves the much needed rest that will fuel and ignite our passion and creativity because we are always focused on the next target. And as an entrepreneur, yes, the target always moves, but I do think it's super important to recognize that your target is not the same as someone else's target. So therefore your journey shouldn't look the same and therefore you shouldn't really be paying attention to their journey. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think that's a really great piece of advice and something that, you know, a lot of people can really get caught up in doing and, you know, it can be hard to get out to, but it's also, you know, remembering too, that there's so much more that is going on behind the scenes and, you know, you never really have that full picture with just, just the sort of highlight reels there. So I think it's, yeah, to, you know, really celebrate those wins and just, you know, appreciate how far you've definitely come. And I think that's great advice for any entrepreneur, anyone looking to start a business. Um, And you also talked about too there, you know, future plans for entrepreneurs and businesses. And do you have any for yourself or your business that you'd like to share? Yeah. So the Pop-Up Chapel Co. is now in uh, Toronto and Ottawa. Um, And we are, we have planned chapels in Vancouver, Hamilton, and Winnipeg. Those are coming up in 2021. So we're actively expanding. When COVID settles down, our plan is to expand into some markets in the States as well. So wherever you're listening from, like if you're considering getting married, I really do think you should 100% check out popupchapel.ca because we're just really excited to start bringing this concept to other places and other cities. Um, So that's that for that. On the Love by Lindsay side of things, 
COVID has allowed me to do some real soul searching about where I want to take the company going forward. And what I've realized is I want to create experiences that aren't just for people getting married, that aren't just for corporate companies that hire us to do so. I want to create experiences for anybody and everybody. And so we're really going to explore in 2021 the idea of consumer-based pop-up events and moving in that direction, using our creativity to uh, bring experiences to anybody. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to see all those future plans and um, definitely a lot coming up. So that's great to hear. And where can people go to find out about all of those and, you know, find your business online? So if you're interested in Love by Lindsay, you can just go to lovebylindsay.com and I spell my name super strange. It's um, L-Y-N-Z-I-E. So it's love by L-Y-N-Z-I-E.com. On Instagram, we are at lovebylindsay. That's my account. And the business account is at lovebylindsay.events. So on there, we share a lot of uh, really beautiful event inspiration, wedding inspiration, and all of the projects that we're currently working on. If you want to listen to the podcast, it's called the Love by Lindsay podcast. And then if you're interested in the pop-up chapel, you can go to popupchapel.ca and on Instagram, it's at popupchapel.ca. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.